Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, welcome to the Believe in Pit Football podcast. I am one of your hosts, Doran Dickerson, alongside former All Big East quarterback Bill Stahl. Jerry DePaulo, the Tribune Review, covers Pitt, is the beat writer for the Tribune Review, former first-team All-American linebacker Scott McKillop, and a very, very special guest tonight, three-time All-Big East selection, Big East Defensive Player of the Year in 2006, first-team All-American in 2006, six-round draft pick in 2007 to the Washington, I'll call them football team now, HB Blaze. HB, man, we are excited to have you on the show tonight talking some pit football. Uh, catch us up, man. How's everything going? Where are you living? What are you doing now? Um, uh, right now, I'm uh, coaching high school football here in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, the root of all football right now in the southeast. Um, but uh, I'm having a great time uh, teaching young kids um, how to persevere and fulfill their dreams. You know what? We were talking a little bit uh, before we started uh, recording here, and you brought up a really good stat and a really good point. We were kind of discussing the level of play of Big East football and the level of play of ACC football. Obviously, all four of us, me, you, Scott, and Bill, uh, played in the Big East. And you brought up an interesting stat that what, – what was it back in, what, 2007? Yeah, 2007, it was more Big East teams – uh, in the top 10 than there were, you know, ACC teams. And if you just look at it, uh, just all of those running backs during that age in the Big East, I know people rag on UConn, but UConn was a power <laughs> back during that time. And uh, they had a ton of first-round picks, a ton of guys that played in the NFL for a long time. Uh, Rutgers with Shiano. Now Shiano's back with Rutgers. So you go down the list, I mean, um, uh, we had a bunch of really good teams, a bunch of talent, and um, uh, it was a really good time you know, uh, in the Big East before it uh, folded. Uh, you know, I'll never forget whenever I was coming out of high school and, you know, I would go down to spring practices to check out the team. Obviously, Scott was there and, and you were there and, and Clint Session was there, two of the best linebackers ever come out of pit. And I'll never forget one play. One, <laughs> one time I was watching and, and you just completely annihilated LaRod Stevens howling. And then on the next play, you annihilated Conridge Collins, who was playing fullback, and you might have did a little bit extra. You might have ripped his helmet off or something crazy. And I remember thinking to myself, like, am I ready for this level of football? Like, is this, is this really what I want to get myself into? And you obviously were a big-time player. I mean, three-time All-Big East at the time, you know, not even All-American yet, but had all the stats to prove it. I'll never forget that and the, the feeling that went through my body of a young 16-, 17-year-old guy, like, man, this is another level of football. I, I don't know if this is for me. Hey, uh, Doris. I mean, oh my goodness. Hey man. I'm sorry, HB. I remember that as clear as day. I was I was with the twos and I was just watching that saying, Oh my goodness, I am so glad I don't have to play against him on Saturday because that could be me. And I don't want that to happen. I'm pretty sure there was a helmet that may have been thrown out of frustration from the person making the tackle, our our special guest. And the thing that baffled me was once that was like, oh, well, you know what? Forget it. All right. Move it up 10 yards. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> like act like nothing happened. Like, like, like that was normal. But I mean, 
being HB, I mean, I'm not going to tell him anything either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, I, hey, Pittsburgh is known for blue collar, you know, hardworking, hardworking people. So, I mean, that's what I want to represent. I mean, uh, even though I was out of towner, uh, being a South Florida guy, but, uh, you know, I went to Pitt for a reason. And one of those reasons because of tradition and uh, uh, blue collar, hard nose way and approach that the you know citizens represent and i wanted to make sure i represented that now scott you were hb's roommate for a while weren't you and uh, give us give us a, a good story a non-football story about hb and give us you know a story that i mean because you basically followed in his footsteps i mean you played behind him for for a couple of years and then you know you became uh, all american at the middle linebacker position i need two stories from you that have to do with hb well, I'll, I'll, I'll say one. I mean, you know, you said that, you know, you saw Clint, you saw HB. You know, usually you would just see my feet hanging out the back of them because I was usually so far up there trying to learn and not trying to annoy him as much as possible, man. But, you know, just – and HB can, you know, agree with this. You know, he, he, he didn't really say much. He kind of just led by example, you know, and, you know, just people just match his intensity. But, you know, it, actually myself, Chris – and, you know, one of our other our good friends, Mike Connie, we actually all lived together. I think it was one summer, right, HB? Yes. So, you know, we, we, we had a lot of uh, times off the field. And, you know, my, my job, I mean, it's kind of funny, you know, I was HB's backup. I was basically, I, you know, he, he said jump. I said how high. I missed out on a lot you, of these. You're, you're HB's bitch. We're allowed to say that on here, I think. Yeah. I was, <laughs> uh, let, let, let's be honest. I, I missed most of these things because – you know, uh, when you're a backup, let's say the starters have 10 plays. The backup, I was worried about what plays I was having repeating, so I just wouldn't make the mistakes. So, literally, I wouldn't even pay attention. I would just be like, okay, what play's coming? Is it inside zone? Is it, like, a, a pass? What do I have to do? Because, honestly, I didn't know what I was doing half the time. And, and you know, HB played – I think it was – shoot, HB was, it was your uh, junior year when you played down here at, at – um, in Morgantown, and uh, mm. they freaking high load you. I think it, I don't even know who the yep. center was, but dude, it was a dirty play. Damn Moses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a dirty play. It was the first series. I was a redshirt freshman, didn't pay attention to what was going on. And I remember HB got hurt, and they're like, all right, Scott, you're going in. Okay, first of all, I was wearing lineman gloves because it was like negative 16 degrees. Um, I was really, really cold. And every series I came off the field, I'm like, I'm like, are, HB, you're going back in. You're like, man, shut up and go back and play. And, uh, and I think it was the third quarter. He was on crutches. And I, I was like, are, are you coming back in the play? He goes, Scott, I am not coming back in the play. Go back out there and play. And it's actually one of my most embarrassing moments because I think Kevin Gorman was the reporter. So, you know, EJ does a good job. I think Doran and Bill can attest to it of, of educating us on what to say and what not to say. And he asked me how fast Pat White was. Well, me, as dumb as I am and was, well, like I'm dumb, whatever. I said, I don't know. I didn't get close enough. It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> a good answer. That well, here's the thing. Like, uh, Jerry, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if, if somebody would have answered like that, that is beautiful. That's exactly what you want. Gorman loved it, I'm sure. That's why you were Gorman's favorite guy. Jerry, I mean, you know, HB wasn't the biggest. HB wasn't the strongest, wasn't the fastest. Scott wasn't the biggest. Scott wasn't the strongest, wasn't the fastest. But I, I could just attest to 
being there alive and watching those two play linebacker at such a high level and just be better than everybody, having the instincts of making a play before the ball's almost even snapped. Um, it's, it was truly amazing, amazing. And, you know, being a young player as myself, and you see guys now who, you know, maybe are a little bit farther back on the depth chart, but have other guys to look up to. I mean, even like Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones last year, having like Deslin Alexander and some of the guys on the D line now, I'm sure they had the same experience. Um, but it's, it was just amazing to, to watch that transpire and to know that those guys were NFL guys and to just be on the same field as them was just amazing. Well, I'm, I'm interested in, in HB's opinion, uh, you know, since he, you know, was a decorated linebacker at Pitt, uh, his opinion of this year's crop of linebackers, which at one point I thought was pretty good, but you know, as the more I think about it, I mean, they're good players, they're athletic guys, but there's a lot of them are safeties playing linebacker. Campbell, you know, was a safety. Patrician was a safety. Uh, Servasia Dennis, he's a middle linebacker, but he doesn't look like Dick Butkus at all. But he's very athletic and very good and a good penetrator. HP, what do you think of this year's pit linebackers? Um, I think they go with the times. I mean, um, uh, in the day of uh, spread offenses and, and you know, people trying to spread you out to either run the ball or throw the ball, uh, people are going smaller at linebacker. Um, you know, the thing about football is it always comes back full circle. Um, so, you know, eventually, I mean, you're going to need guys to read keys, come down hills, so on and so forth. Um, I would just like to see, you know, two natural linebackers inside. And if you want to make that third guy kind of like a tweener, then, I mean, that's fine with me. But, uh, you know, we're giving up too much on defense. I mean, just speaking as a pit fan now, I mean, I'm no longer a player. I'm a fan now. And uh, uh, we just give up too much on defense right now. Um, I think Kenny Pickett is doing a great job on offense and, and uh, linebacker play is huge in the success of any defense. I don't care what scheme you're running. There are more speed guys than there are physical guys. Is that, is that, is that right? Am I, am I right in that yeah. Uh, designation? Yeah. 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 It's more speed guys. <laughs> But, you know, we still have too many guys running free downfield. I mean, so if you're going to put speed guys, safeties, convert safeties, linebackers, I mean, I mean, we got to do a better job in coverage. Um, you know, when we won the Tennessee game, um, you know, I was kind of weary on it just because of how many guys that were running free downfield, even with converting safeties to linebackers. And then the Western Michigan game came, um, you know, being in ACC, SEC country, I'm just like, oh, well, you guys should have Western Michigan pretty good. I said, no. I said, we'll, I said, we'll find a way to pit it. And uh, <laughs> we yeah, sure did. Verb. So, pit, pit, yeah. Pit <laughs> HB, how do, you, how do you become a better uh, linebacker in coverage? Like, if that is an issue on your team and, you know, in the, in the middle of the defense, how, how do you become a better coverage linebacker, whether it's man or zone? Uh, just watching film. Just understanding who you are as a player. I mean – the one thing I can I can tell when young players, I mean, the one thing about me, um, you know, I always knew that I didn't have the athletic attributes that some of my other teammates had, but I knew the game of football. Like, I knew what I can get away with and what I couldn't get away with, but that comes with self-recognition as a player first, and then you fit within the scheme of your defense. So when I'm watching film, I'm watching linemen, I'm watching – you know, the tips that they give off and so on and so forth. And you can still plays, you know, almost. And, I mean, that's what I used to do. Uh, I used to still plays. I used to know plays before they were coming. And that's something that, you know, some of those young guys, I know they got a, they got a bunch of young guys on that defense right now, especially the defense line, linebacker core, 
you're trying to rotate guys and things like that. But those are things that you can still just by film study and, you know, being on your P's and Q's and things like that. I mean, when you're not as athletic sometimes as the guy that you're going against, you have to have an honest conversation with yourself and knowing that you got to be in position, you got to know what angles you need to take to be in position to make plays. And, and people talk about film study, and, and it kind of goes in one year, not the other. And Scott, you, Scott, you could chime in here too. Uh, how important important is is film study? I mean, not just whenever you're watching film before practice and you're watching film with your teammates after practice. I'm talking about that extra film whenever you have time after you're going to study hall and you go back and watch film because you know guys in high school now they have iPads and you know they can watch film at home. We didn't have the luxury of doing that. So how how important is it? And to and because you guys were controlling the defense, you guys are the quarterback of the defense, and you you know you make the strong calls, you get everybody lined up, and you make sure things are all good before the play is set. How important is it to watch extra film on top of the film that you're already required to watch? Well, I mean, I I think it's important. I think HP said said it fantastic. You have to know who you are and who you aren't. And I think the same thing goes with the defense. You have to understand. You know, teams are going to attack, and I think this is this will lead on to a topic later on in discussion. Teams are going to attack a four-three, you know, a three-three-five, or whatever type of defensive differently differently versus what their scheme is. So I think it's very important to watch like opponents and see how they attacked them and what they were successful with. And also, you know, just understanding, you know, who you are and who you aren't. I mean, who you are and who you aren't. Like I knew I wasn't the best cover linebacker when I played, I just knew where my help was and, and, and I knew what to use and what not to use. I mean, use a sideline. I mean, use the free defender, just understanding, you know, what, what you can do and what you can't do. But it's, it's just, you know, I, when, when I, uh, you know, had a cup of coffee coaching, you know, I, and, and I was in charge of making playbooks. Um, I actually did this with um, when Matt house was defensive coordinator at Pitt. So I had to make uh, scouting reports for the opponent so I, I told them that nobody was was looking through the scouting report. So I picked a starter, and I will not name his name, and and I got a a hundred dollar bill from Matt House, and I laminated it and I put it in the player's playbook, and we collected them after every game. Well, what do you think happened? Hundred dollar bill was still in there. Mm. So you know it's 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 how you uh, apply it and and what you do. I mean, you know. If, if you get one person to learn something like new, I mean, it, it, it's beneficial, but it's, you know, you ask 10 different people, you're going to get 10 different answers. It's interesting. You bring that up, Scott, because I was talking to Corey Sanders this week, the uh, safeties coach. And, you know, these guys, even maybe more than when you guys played, all they ever do is watch video, you know, all day long. Uh, you know, they, they come in after class at night and, and watch more video with coaches and they're there till 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. And Corey Sanders made the point that when he played years ago, he would have never played if it wasn't for video because he wasn't athletic enough. So it allows guys who aren't that athletic to know the game a little bit better and to know the tendencies of the, the guys on the other side of the ball a little bit better. And, and, and you can survive better that way because you study. And it's just like studying for a final exam in English or whatever. You know, you got to be able to know what you're doing before you step out onto the field. And I think that's that's a key these days in college football. You know, these pit guys, the way they talk, they do it all the time. Every quarterback I've ever interviewed over the past 10 years, 11 years, have said they come back in after class 
and they sit down with the offensive coordinator and they go over things. This is after practice, after classes, after all their video work anyway. So they're putting in a lot of work. At least they're saying they they say they do a lot of work, you know, in, in, in the video room. Yeah, and you know, HB, right after you left, I had the opportunity of moving over to your side of the ball and playing linebacker. I played next to Scott uh, my sophomore year, but I really had the opportunity to uh, be around uh, Paul Rhodes. He was our linebackers coach at the time and the D coordinator. He was a D coordinator for Pitt for many, many years. Uh, after Pitt, it went to Auburn, uh, was head coach of Iowa State. I believe he's at Ohio State now. Uh, just a, a great coaching career, great coaching tenure that he has put together. What does Paul Rhodes mean to your career as a linebacker at Pitt and at the next level? <laughs> Paul Rhodes is the reason why I came to Pitt. <laughs> I mean, um, uh, when I first got recruited by Pitt, um, I came on my official visit in early December. I was uh, recruited by Coach Blackwell, who was a linebacker coach at the time at Pitt. Um, that was the only guy I coach I talked to at Pitt. And then he left to go to Clemson, and then I decommitted from Pitt, and then the circus all started. But, you know, uh, Paul Rhodes, um, um, Curtis Bray, um, you know, they did a great job getting me back on board with the Pitt family and just his defensive scheme and his passion for the game. I mean, everybody can speak to the passion that he has for the game and the passion that he has for his players. I mean, that that to me was a draw for me. I mean, uh, uh, I'm a very passionate guy myself. Um, you know, like Scott said, you know, I don't talk much, but at the same time, when it comes to the game of football, like I'm very, very passionate about it. And to see a guy have that much passion for the game, you know, that's something I want to follow. And I mean, I fit well into the scheme of his defense. And when he recruited me, he asked me, do you want to play inside? Do you want to play outside? Do you want to play Mike Sam? I said, I just want to play football. You know, I said, I don't care where you put me. I just want to play football. So I started my career as a Sam backer um, my freshman year. And then my sophomore year as a sandbacker, I made first team all Big East. And then I moved to middle linebacker once Coach Wanstead got there and uh, was fortunate enough to get two more years of all conference all honors, first team honors, and then uh, get defensive player of the year. But I mean, that's all thanks to him to for, for getting me to pit and then also, you know, understanding that, you know, putting me in position to make plays. Yeah, before we head to DePaul's debriefs, as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use your promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't, wait, don't take advantage. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to, to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Jerry, the ball is debris. It's your turn now to take over. Um, what are the sights and sounds from this week at uh, down at the Southside facility? Well, one of the themes, maybe not a theme, but it's a couple of things that were mentioned a few times by a few different people was, hey, that New Hampshire game was nice, 77-7, to the most points Pitt has scored since 1926. But a couple of different coaches, you know, said in a couple of different settings, it was New Hampshire. You know, New Hampshire is not Georgia Tech. And they didn't really prove a lot or gain a lot other than some confidence maybe by beating New Hampshire the way they did. 
And, uh, you know, the one of the things I'm worried about with this pit team, I'm not worried about one of the things that I think could be their downfall as we go on, is the defense in the running game good enough, uh, is a passing game good enough to uh, compensate for the deficiencies in the uh, defense uh, in the uh, running game? And and I, I wonder about that. I wonder, you know, if a team like Georgia Tech, you know, with their quarterback that can that can run, you know, like a running back, is he going to be too much for Pitt to handle? Now, we talked a minute ago about all the speed Pitt has at linebacker and, and the way this game is played today. You need to have speed uh, at, at, at in the linebacker position. So maybe they'll be better equipped to stop a guy like Sims, uh, the Georgia Tech quarterback. Um, but one of these weeks, you know, some defense, maybe it's going to be even this week with a couple of veteran safeties that uh, Georgia Tech has. They're going, to, they're going to put a stop to this passing game. And Kenny Pickett has been great. You know, right, right now, to me, the way I'm thinking, he's, he's played better than any quarterback in the ACC right now. Sam Howe is supposed to be number one pick, the North Carolina kid. But he, he's thrown four interceptions. Kenny's thrown one. Now, of course, Kenny has played half of his games against UMass and New Hampshire. So we really don't know too much about this pit team. And, and that's going to be that's going to be determined now over the next nine weeks when they play eight, eight ACC teams. You know, Georgia Tech a bye week, and then Virginia Tech after that. Uh, so that's the thing. You know, is the, the passing game good enough week after week after week to, to put up to, to compensate for some and some problems in the running game? And the running game was better against New Hampshire, but again, it was New Hampshire. Uh, Andre Powell, the running back, made that point that uh, Rodney Hammond Jr., the freshman running back. Uh, freshman ACC freshman of the week ran for 100 yards, the first 100-yard rusher at Pitt this season. First guy since Vincent Davis against Georgia Tech last year to, to run for to get in triple digits. Uh, but he did it against New Hampshire. Now, is, how much is he going to play against Georgia Tech? You know, Hammond did all that damage in the second half against uh, New Hampshire when the game was more or less a scrimmage. Uh, so in the offensive line, you know, they, they re- reconfigured the offensive line uh, against against New Hampshire because Owen Drexel didn't play. Now, it's funny. You know, Narduzzi never said Owen Drexel was injured. He just said he's out. And, you know, and maybe they'll put Drexel back at center this week. But they had Jake Crater at center, the kid from Butler, against New Hampshire. Uh, and then they had um, uh, Gonsalves at right tackle, making his first start at right tackle. And they moved Gabe Hoy from tackle to guard. Now, of course, they're not going to, you know, we, we talked to Gabe Hoy this week. And he told me he's, he's very comfortable with guard. He's very comfortable with tackle. But he didn't say where he's going to play. If Drexel comes back, Drexel was having some problems, you know, with the center snap. They had that big, uh, big, big problem with the center snap against, against Western Michigan that cost them a touchdown in, in, in a close game. So the offensive line, to me, is the key to everything, protecting Kenny and to get the running game going because uh, the passing game is good, but one of these weeks it's not going to be good enough. One of these weeks they're going to, you know, find a way to stop these guys. Now, Pitt has a lot of weapons. Jordan Addison, you know, looks to me like almost an All-American wide receiver right now. Uh, he's averaging over 100, 100 yards a game. Um, but the other, the other thing I learned this week, uh, and I, I was talking to Brandon Hill about it. Brandon Hill was the strong safety. You know, last year, I remember all the everybody wringing their hands and getting all anxious, but when Paris Ford uh, opted out after the Notre Dame game, he had a little a set two with the coaches on the sidelines in the Notre Dame game, didn't play well. Next thing you know, Monday morning, uh, he's out, out on the street or he's, he's not with the team anymore. Uh, I, I've heard different stories about why, but the point is, Ford missed the last four games and Pitt won three of them. Okay, so maybe losing Paris Ford, you know, who, who was supposed to be, you know, this All-American safety and All-Conference guy and an NFL first-round draft pick, the poor kid wasn't even drafted. 
Uh, and then he got cut by the Chargers. Or was it the Rams? I can't remember now. Maybe it was the Rams. Rams, sorry. Um, but he got cut in, in training camp. And, you know, and here was a kid that Pitt was Rick Cotton on, and he really didn't play that well his last year at Pitt. But the point is, Brandon Hill stepped in, and he had the big pick six against Florida State. And he, he had the big interception against Tennessee this year. And I asked him, I says, and I didn't bring up Paris Ford's name, but I said, did help, did playing those last four games, you know, you know, last season really help in your development? He said it did immensely. And it was almost like a blessing in disguise for this year's pit team. You know, even for last year's pit team, they won three out of four, you know, for, for, for Ford to, to opt out when he did because it gave Hill an opportunity to play a lot. Eric Howard an opportunity to play a lot. Now, these two guys are the safeties that they're depending on a lot. And they, they like the way Howard played against New Hampshire. But here I go again. It was New Hampshire. You know, you know it doesn't matter if you win 77-7 against an FC, FCS team. Now you got to do it against the big boys, and it's not going to be easy. I I think we could talk about this later, but I'll, I'll pick Pitt to win this game. But I just wonder how long they can sustain. You know, let's talk about the ACC being down this year, and, and, and it is. But, you know, Miami, North Carolina, and Clemson are still very good teams. You know, they may not be nationally ranked teams. I think Clemson's 25. Uh, but, you know, they're good enough to beat Pitt, you know, even if they're down a little bit. But this is the year for Pitt to take advantage of that and they were talking and Kenny Pickett talked about that today how it's excited such a crazy year and anything can happen in the ACC and you know maybe it will but you know Pitt scores 41 points against Western Michigan and still loses and I think that's something that could be problematic as the season goes on HB um what's your approach to this game if you're if you're a defensive player or even a defensive coach um and you're Georgia Tech what is your approach to a team that is so one-dimensional and is so just a passing offense that hasn't established a run, doesn't really have a, a, a running back that could take over a game. How are you approaching uh, this game if you're Georgia Tech going against this pit offense? Um, you know, um, I'm, I'm making them run the ball. I mean, uh, Kenny Pickett, obviously, is a great player. I mean, I'm a huge Kenny Pickett fan. And so I'm going to make you do something that, you know, you don't feel comfortable with doing. I mean – um, I don't know the track record of uh, Coach Whipple as far as running the ball and how his uh, offensive offenses have have ranked, you know, since he's been coaching. But you know, I'm going to make you run the ball. I'm going to make you, um, you know, do something that you're not comfortable with doing. And uh, and and if I'm enough, I'm on the pit side of of things. You know, I want to run the ball, uh, knowing that my defense is not as good as they were last year, to try to keep them off the field as much as possible. You know, um, you know, obviously we can score points, but, you know, if scoring a touchdown in 10 seconds uh, is, is going to be a problem because of my defense being back on the field so quickly, then, you know, that's not really helping us, you know, in the long run. We're going to head into 40 and 5 with Bill Stahl. And, Bill, you know, before we get into the X's and O's, don't you have a, a nice uh, event coming up here? Yes, Jordan. Um Super blessed and fortunate to uh, actually thank you, Doran, uh, to push me into working with the Real Men Wear Pink, the American uh, Cancer Society um, fundraiser uh, to support all things going to directly funding breast cancer awareness and finally finding finally finding a cure. And uh, this has definitely touched home to me because this year is going to be the 10 year anniversary of my mother passing from from breast cancer. And I'm fortunate enough to partner with Southern with Southern Tier uh, Brewing Company here in Pittsburgh, down the North Shore, right down the street from uh, Heinz Field. 
Uh, and we actually have a beer, a pink brewed beer named after my mom. Uh, super cool uh, nickname of hers. Uh, going to be the beer is going to be named Dubes. Uh, Dubes Pink Ribbon IPA. Super cool. Super excited. Uh, we're going to have an event at Southern Tier uh, Brewing Company down the North Shore October 6th. Okay. Kickoff is starts at five and we're going to tap the keg big kickoff at 6 p.m sharp tap the keg at 6 p.m sharp southern tier brewing company down north shore pittsburgh super excited please come if you can and if not there's multiple ways to to donate towards a great cause so you can always check out my social media yeah go check out his social media it is for a great cause i had the opportunity of doing that about two years ago right before the uh the, the covid year and it's just a great event great way to uh you know, raise some money for a great cause. And I know how much that means uh, to a lot of people and especially to Bill uh, with uh, losing his mother uh, what, 11 years ago. So uh, this kudos to you, Bill, for doing this. And it's going to be a great event. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Is Kenny Pickett going to stay in a hot streak even though he doesn't have a run game, Bill? I mean, you know, you had the opportunity of playing with a lot of great running backs here at Pitt. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, you play with uh, Deion Lewis. Even Ray Graham was a freshman, uh, LaRod Stevens howling. If they don't have a run game, will Kenny Pickett's hot streak still go? Will is he good enough to keep that hot, hot the hot streak he's on uh, throughout the season with no run game? So I think he's going to quote unquote be on a hot streak as far as numbers because with no running game, it's going to have to be a shootout. And in order for them to be in the game, he's going to have to put up numbers. I mean, everything is reliant on Kenny right now. I mean, he, he was our leading, obviously a leading, leading passer. He was our leading rusher for the whole friggin' season going into this last game. Uh, so, I mean, um, he's, he's going to have to put up numbers. So, yes, he's going to be a hot streak as far as numbers-wise. But is that going to correlate to victories? In, S, in in the ACC conference play. Uh, and I think the underlining point, Dorn, that with no run game, there's no confidence from our coaching staff in the offensive line. Because if there was, wouldn't you think they would be trying to establish some of that running game to take some of the pressure off of Kenny? I mean – he doesn't have to do everything. He has a bunch of individually talented playmakers around him. So I, I think the numbers are going to prove that they're not even trying to run the ball sometimes in, in, in the last couple of games. So, I mean, like, yes, I understand, you know, they, they had the ability to run the ball because of the team they played last week. But, I mean, yes, it's, it's, it was New Hampshire. We understand that. But I'm talking establishing – the run, um, I just don't I, – I think the answers are they don't have confidence in their offensive line. I think it's clear as day, and I think it's really going to show this game, uh, how, how it's going to play out. And uh, to answer your question, yeah, he's going to have to be on a hot streak. He's going to have to continue to be on a hot streak if, there, if there's no running game because it's 100% going to have to be a shootout. It's going to be Kenny Pickett versus whatever defense we play. HB, you had the opportunity, you know, to play with guys like Darrell Revis, Clint Session, you know, alongside of you playing at a high level. And on the other other side of the ball, you got a 
chance to be on the same field as Larry Fitzgerald playing, playing wide receiver. Um, Jordan Addison, he leads the country in touchdowns for the Pitt Panthers this year at the wide receiver spot. Uh, how, what does that do for your confidence? What does it do for your confidence of a player that plays at such a high level, but to look to the left or look to the right and know that there's one or two other guys playing at that same level? What does that do for your confidence on the defensive side of the ball or even the offensive side of the ball? What is, how does that uh, make you raise the level of your play? I mean, it makes you – it forces you to raise the level of your play. I mean, because you want to match their intensity. I mean, if, if you're a guy that it's all about the team and – and you want to win football games, you have to match their intensity level. I mean, whether a guy is verbal or, or nonverbal or whatever the case may be, the way they go about their business, I mean, that's what you want to follow. And a guy like Addison, I mean, is another guy that I'm a huge fan of. I mean, because he just makes plays. I mean, he makes plays. Um, <clears throat> he seems like a great kid. And, you know, when he goes out there, I mean, even as a true freshman, I mean, he went out there and balled out. I mean, he's doing the same thing this year. And, I mean, I hope, I mean, he's in, in the consideration for the Blitnikoff. Jerry, I mean, you, you get to see this guy, you know, I mean, for a little bit every week. And, you know, what is your assessment thus far from Jordan Addison and Kenny Pickett's surrounding company? I mean, even Taser Mack is showing up a bit. Um, you know, he has some other weapons, obviously tight end Lucas Kroll. But Jordan Addison has really come on strong uh, these first couple games. What is your uh, assessment of him thus far? Well, Addison gives them a deep threat. Uh, Kenny, you know, he's been and, and Kenny with his uh, accuracy throwing the ball deep. He threw he completed eighty five percent of his passes against New Hampshire. He was the first ACC quarterback in twenty five years to throw five touchdown passes, throw for over four hundred yards, and uh, complete eighty five percent of his passes. And Addison gets open in, in the secondary. That's that's been, that's a, been a big key. I think he's the best wide receiver in the ACC. You know, maybe Justin Ross of Clemson is better. Uh, but uh, Aston's only a sophomore, but he can do it all. And he's good, at, and he does the great stat is a is the yak. I mean, these guys are getting a lot of yak yards after catch, and and Addison is good. At, he's he puts his nose down and he gets extra yards. And that play again, play against against New Hampshire when he spun around and ran across the field for that, that touchdown, one of his three against New Hampshire. That was an unbelievable, you know, highlight real play. He's as good as anybody. But you know, as far as the Bill made a good point. You know, about Kenny, you know, maybe he's not going to be continue to sustain this, you know, all the time without a running game. I think these these um, offensive linemen are better pass blockers than run blockers. That might be a key against Georgia Tech because they had eight sacks against North North Carolina, and they better be able to pass block. But maybe they don't run block as well. I hear all the time when I'm down there, we got to put a hat on a hat. We got to put a hat on a hat. Well, I guess they're not putting in a hat on a hat because. You know, the guys in front of you, but maybe the guys in front of you is getting get a little more physical, a little stronger, and he's, he's not letting you put a hat on a hat. And putting a hat on a hat is, is just another way of saying, I got to block the guy in front of me. And they really, over the first couple games, or, or some of the couple of the first, the Tennessee game and the Western Michigan game, they weren't putting a hat on a hat enough. That's why they weren't running the ball. And they're not going to win the ACC Coastal unless they can run the ball, unless Izzy. Is he a band of candy, Vincent Davis, and, and, and maybe the freshman him and get to get together and, and start running a ball and they get some holes for them, they're not going to be able to you know, win enough games to win that Coastal. And we're going to head right into Mad Dogs with McKillop and Scott. Um, how is a mobile quarterback uh, for Georgia Tech going to affect the pit defensive game plan? Uh, we've obviously seen the game against Western Michigan. It was a different game plan, different offense that they haven't seen. Uh, didn't really adjust to what was going on. How is Pitt going to adjust 
to a mobile quarterback that they're going to face this Saturday against Georgia Tech? I mean, I, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge. You know, uh, I think HB can chime in this too as well. You know, when we played West Virginia and, and when Rich Rod was Rich Rodriguez was kind of like the godfather. You know, when you really it, it's going to take a, a lot of coaching, a lot of teaching for those defensive ends. You know, when that that tackle disappears, you got to come tight to the hip. And are you either a a quarterback or you are the pitch guy? So it's you know I I watched a couple uh, I watched a lot of the, the film in the second half of the Georgia Tech North Carolina game and you know I, I don't want to crown this quarterback as Lamar Jackson but you know he he made some Lamar Jackson plays with his arms with his legs you know and he's uh, he, he's 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 going to be important for us to stop him so it's you know just like I said last week you know in the week before you know attention to detail do your job and not do somebody else's. If you have the quarterback, take the quarterback. If you have the pitch, take the pitch. If you have the dive, take the dive. Don't get bored. So it, it, it's it's gonna it, it's gonna be very important that you know eleven is one, and you know if, you know do your job. I mean, I, I think HB can agree that too. That you know you get bored. That's when you, you get you, uh, you give up a big play. Yeah, yeah, HB, you have, yeah. You have the luxury of of, of playing against. <laughs> Uh, Pat White, you had that experience. So, you know, what what was the game plan, if you can remember, going into playing West Virginia and Pat White and how dynamic he was? <laughs> it was just it just wasn't Pat White. It was Steve Slayton. It was the big fullback they had. It was their offense line. I mean, it's pretty much eleven on eleven football. I mean, you can't slip at any moment. Um, I mean, because in an offense like that, I mean, they'll make you pay. I mean, it's kind of like a, a slow death almost. I mean, and third downs are going to be huge. I mean, you got to get off the field on third downs. You got to get their offense back the ball. So, I mean, responsibility football. I mean, Scott said it pretty much. I mean, I mean, you have to do your job. You can't get bored. You can't give up the big play. Your eyes have to be correct. I mean, the number one thing when playing offense like this is your eyes. And, Scott, um, do you think that we're going to see a spy – on the defense this week, I mean, we, we've seen Pitt not really make that many adjustments uh, to their defense. You know, Narduzzi has a lot of pride in what he does, and he doesn't really change as much. But do you think we might see a spy, a guy who will maybe will rim around the field and uh, will have their quarterback one-on-one almost on uh, most of the plays? Yeah, I, I don't think initially you might see it, but I definitely think that's going to be a wrinkle in the plan of, of defense that Narduzzi has. Um, you know, I, I – the, the linebackers are definitely a lot more athletic than, than me. I don't know if HB would agree for him, but, you know, th- th- that'll definitely be a problem. It, and, you know, if that does happen, you know, I, I think that they have the speed to match up with uh, the quarterback. And, and, and I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I think he definitely will have it. HB, what's it mean to play special teams? Uh, you know, you made, you made your living, you know, beginning in your, at the beginning of your career – uh, and in the NFL playing on special teams, and as well as Scott, wh- what does it mean for a young guy right now to, to be on the four majors, the four special teams, and to, to build their resume as a player? Yeah, like you said, it's build your resume as a player. I mean, uh, you ball out on special teams, you get your opportunity on defense. Uh, they give you a package on defense, then you ball out in that, then, I mean, you just start adding to your resume. I mean, uh, special teams is, you know, a lot of time for a forgotten phase of the game. And I mean, it can be huge. It can be huge in a game. I mean, 
Uh, we've seen that this past weekend with uh, Tucker kicking a 66-yard field goal uh, for Baltimore to beat the Lions. I mean, so, I mean, special teams can win and lose games for you, and, and you know, you hope that it can win games for you. So you got to be attention to detail when it comes to that stuff, and every phase is important. All right, we're going to go around the horn real quick. What's one thing Pitt needs to do to come out of this game with a win? Scott, we'll go. We'll start with you. I think the biggest thing defensively that they need to do is tackle the football. I think if, if we have a lot of missed tackles and a lot of people, you know, getting bored and, you know, like I think Jerry said, it, you know, I know with the receivers that, that they uh, yak. We'll, we'll see how big the yak yardage is and we'll see uh, see how that goes into the, um, to the game. Jerry? Control the quarterback. You know, keep keep Sims in the pocket. The defensive ends will be key, I believe, you know, to make it sure the Sims can't get outside and, and put, put pressure on the on the linebackers. They can keep Sims in the pocket and turn him into a passer. He's not a bad passer. He's a pretty good passer, actually. Uh, but if you can, you know, make him you know, make him one dimensional and, and take away his running ability, I think that's going to be key to, to winning this game. Bill, what's one thing Pitt needs to do to come out of this game with a win? I think uh, maximizing on opportunities in, in the red zone, meaning scoring six points. I think we're, we're not going to have the luxury of, you know, having these huge plays left and right and then, you know, scoring in 10 seconds eight times this game. You, you know what I mean? I, I think once we get in the red zone, we're going to have some uh, – make the most of it, you know. So capitalizing on chances inside that 25-yard line means scoring six points. HB, what's uh, one thing Pitt needs to do to win this game? Um, make them kick. I mean, whether it's a punt or a field goal, um, defensively speaking, on every drive. I mean, either you hold them to a punt or a field goal attempt, and if we can do that, then I think we'll come out the game with a win. All right, prediction time. Jerry, what's the score of the, uh, the game this Saturday? Well, I think I said earlier in, in his podcast that Pitt was going to win. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Um I'm going to say something like uh, 28-21 Pitt. It would, it would cover the three-point spread, um, and uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. But 28-21 Pitt, uh, you know, God help me, I think they're going to win. Bill? I'll go 28-24. Scott? Uh, all out, all out. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> My prediction is going to be – 28-21 Georgia Tech. Oh, opposite of Jerry. Okay. All right, HB? 31-28 Pitt. All right, three points. And I got Pitt 38-35. to 35. Can I revise mine a little bit? Uh, no, you can't revise it. You already have it locked in. This is reported. This is what everybody's already going to hear. You can't go back. It's going to win. But they've already missed four extra points this year. Can you imagine any any other team in the history of college football or any football missing four extra points in four games? They're going to miss one. It's going to be 27-21. All right, Jerry with his revision there. Uh, for myself, for Bill Stahl, Jerry DePaula, Scott McKillop, and our very special guest, former All-American HB Blades, that's it for the Believe in Pit Football podcast presented by Line Pit at Georgia Tech this Saturday, 12 p.m. Bobby Dodd Stadium.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.